Today on Locked on Ducks Hockey, it's the first day of 2020, the San Diego Goals played three games, and we'll also have a recap of the U.S. versus Finland WJC game. All of this on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning everyone and a happy Thursday to all the hockey fans out there. And welcome to the year 2020. This is Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget, you will usually get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about the OC's favorite hockey team, your Anaheim Ducks. If you guys couldn't tell, we did not have a show yesterday as it was New Year's Day and people were out celebrating. So once again, I hope everyone had a safe and happy New Year ringing in the year 2020. Before I get into today's show, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or try asking Siri, hey Siri, play the Locked On Ducks Hockey Podcast and see if that works. And if it does, great. Or try looking manually on the Apple or Google Podcast. If you're hearing this already, be sure to subscribe if you have not already. Also, it's Twitter time. You can follow this show at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me personally at StimpyJD. As you guys may have saw, there was a lot of posts about yesterday's Winter Classic, and just to go over that for a few seconds, that was one of the better Winter Classics I'd seen in a long time between the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators. The big story out of that game was former Anaheim Duck Corey Perry had the walk of shame and is already the first meme of the new year. Yeah, it's that bad. Uh, be sure to stick around for the last segment where I'll be recapping the USA versus Finland's quarterfinal game. And of course, Team USA is featuring Anaheim Ducks prospect Trevor Zegris, who already has nine points on this tournament. So be sure to listen in to the last segment. First, since this is technically Thursday, this is technically a Locked on Goals podcast. And as I mentioned last week, every Thursday, until otherwise noted, Locked on Goals will be every Thursday. So Thursdays will be dedicated to the minor league AHL affiliate down in San Diego. Something cool for everyone there. So if you're listening in San Diego and you know some Goals fans, let them know. Let them know, hey, there's a podcast dedicated every Thursday to the Goals. And we begin with the game that took place last Friday at Toyota Arena on Friday, December 27th. This was a weird game in particular. And just to go over some background for this, it was the Friday after Christmas, first game back after the break. It was also Star Wars night at Toyota Arena. So everyone, or at least a lot of people, had their Star Wars beanies and they were ready to go. Or so we thought. Right off of the face-off, you know, Ontario had won the faceoff and they were just going to, you know, get it back. But San Diego managed to get the puck and dumped it in to their own offensive zone. And the puck took a weird deflection off of the stanchion. And right as Cal Peterson tried to pick it up, he lost it. And the puck went over to Justin Kloos, who put it away. So Justin Kloos got the very bizarre unassisted goal on that one. To make it one nothing San Diego after only 8 seconds. Right away, you knew it was going to be that kind of night when Ontario gives up a bad goal like that. I mean, 8 seconds in. I mean, I was stunned. 
I was kind of doing my thing, looked up, I saw the play materialize, I went, uh-oh, this is this is something. And then all of a sudden, the puck goes in the net, and most of the fans are going, what the hell just happened? Eight seconds? Really? Yes, that really happened. And we weren't done yet. You know, San Diego just kept plugging away. They were getting shot after shot. One of them hit a post. Then finally, with about three and a half minutes left, Anthony Stolarz picked up the loose puck on his end, had a nice outlet pass to Josh Mahura, who then passed it towards the middle to Johnny Hockenpah to get his first goal of the season, and it was 2-0 San Diego. So already in the first period, we had a goal after eight seconds and a goalie assist. And that's Stolarz's second assist of the season already. Hey, he's got more assists than most other guys. Overall, good period for the goals. They outshot the rain 15-7 in that first frame. It was not close. The ice was tilted in the goal's direction. Ontario looked very stunned after that first goal, and they just never recovered. Going into the second period, Anthony Stolarz was on his game. Ontario outshot San Diego 17-4 in that second period. There were some quality shots in there, but any quality shot was quelled by Stolarz. And one of them, as I posted on the Locked on Ducks Twitter, one of them was of the grand larceny skill. It was a thing of beauty. Uh, what happened, uh, this happened a couple of times during that period too. With 2.45 left in the second period, just as Ontario was really on the doorstep, there was a nice pass to Mikey Isimont, who had what looked to be a sure goal. But Anthony Stolarz put the glove up and just completely robbed Mikey Isimont of a sure goal. And the score remains 2 to nothing. Yeah, the look on Isimont's face afterwards, he kind of looked back at the goal, looked back at Stolarz, and he actually looked up a little bit as if to say, really, I didn't score that goal? What do I have to do to score a goal around here? The Reign had their chances. They did everything they could to at least put one goal on the board, and they could not do that. And as I said, it looked even better in person. That was one of the better saves I'd seen from Anthony Stolarz all season long. So it was 2 nothing after two periods. Yes, Ontario dominated that period, but really, it was all about Anthony Stolarz. Third period, Ontario kept pressing. They outshot San Diego 15-9 in that period to make it a 39-28 edge overall. And San Diego really just had all the quality shots. That was the big difference, as Ontario allowed San Diego to get their way towards the middle of the ice, get their way in between the faceoff dots, and Cal Peterson had a good game for the most part. That first goal was very fluky. The second one, I kind of have to put that on the defense a little bit for allowing that outlet to happen. And two of the goals that happened in the third period, I'm not going to put that on Cal Peterson. I'm going to put that on the Ontario defense for being that shoddy. But I also have to give credit to San Diego because the start of the third period, they were coming out firing. They just wanted to put the, the pedal to the metal and really step on their throats. That's exactly what happened. Kiefer Sherwood, who returns to the lineup after the holiday break, he scored his seventh goal of the season. Yeah, Kiefer Sherwood is back, guys. Assists from Jack Kapaka and Chase DeLeo. And Jack Kapaka had a very good game, I thought. He was all over the place on this game. That made it 3-0 San Diego. Then only two minutes later, guess who scored his first goal of the season for San Diego? Josh Mahura. No Hakuna Matata here. I mean, Gil Limber isn't here. It's Ontario. But 
Mahura got his first goal in the American Hockey League to make it 4 to nothing San Diego, and that's when the fans really began to leave. But only about 26 seconds after that, Lance Buma had a look-what-I-found type of goal to make it 4-1 to Ontario, and that was all the scoring Ontario would get. After a Chaz Redekop roughing penalty, Antoine Morand had a perfect setup, and San Diego had this in the bag. It was cross-ice, cross-ice. Cal Peterson had left a wide-open net, and Morand just put it away. I mean, there was nothing more they could do. Morand gets his third of the season to make it 5-1 to San Diego, and an Alex Dosti goal with about four minutes left sealed the deal. Yeah, fans were leaving early for this game. Yes, Star Wars Night did draw a sellout crowd. Yes, the giveaway had something to do with that. And there was a Star Wars characters out and about. And I consider myself a Star Wars fan. I was happy to see the characters there. I mean, I wanted to geek out a little bit as well. So Ontario did a good job with that. San Diego did theirs. They did a good job with that. But I just like Star Wars. But the force was definitely with the San Diego goals on that game. A 6-1 to final score. Ontario just got thumped on this one. It was not close. San Diego was 1-4 for four on the power play, still continuing their success or their recent success on the power play, but it was really about just those weird goals. You know, those some fluky goals, great saves. Anthony Stolarz could have had a shutout if not for that kind of look-what-I-found type goal for Ontario. Otherwise, Stolarz gets a shutout. I mean, I thought Stolarz should have gotten a star on this game, but the first star went to Alex Dosti, second star went to Hockenpah, third star went to Justin Kluse. Alright, that's great, but show some love to Anthony Stolarz. And after the first intermission, we're going to talk about the other game between Ontario and the New Year's Eve game for the San Diego Goals. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as it is Thursday and it is technically Locked On Goals. Although only two-thirds of today's podcast will be about the San Diego Goals, the last segment once again will be about the WJCs. Before we get into that, let's talk about the weekends that was for San Diego. We went over Friday's game. That series shifted to San Diego for Saturday night's game between these same two teams. And we'll get it started right away in the first period where Alex Dosti was on the power play, gave the goals a 1-0 lead. But on that play, it was a really nice play. Uh, the assists went to Daniel Sprung, who assisted it from the faceoff dot, to Corey Tropp, who was behind the net. And he had a perfect pass right on the tape to Alex Dosti to score his ninth goal of the season, but that's not the important part. With that assist, Corey Tropp earned his 91st career assist as a San Diego goal. That surpasses Kale Casilla atop the franchise's all-time assist list. So congratulations to Corey Tropp on his 91st career assist in San Diego. However, later that period, Chris Weidman got two for tripping, and that resulted in an Ontario power play, and Mikey Isimon took advantage of that. On the assists from Garrett Anderson Dolan and Austin Strand, Isimont would get his sixth of the season, and the rain tied it up at one on their power play. As we move into the second period, it was the Kevin Boyle show. And 
I know Mikey Isamon's going to be thinking, what the hell do I have to do to score a goal around here? Why you keep taking my shots away? Yeah, Mikey Isamon was robbed yet again. This time he was robbed by Kevin Boyle, who started in net for the San Diego Goals. So Friday night, he was robbed by Anthony Stolarz. Saturday night, he was robbed by Kevin Boyle. And Mikey Isamon, at this point, he had such an incredulous look. Like, really? Seriously? Come on, man. This is effing ridiculous at this point. And that was a nice, nice stop, too. I mean, it was a backhanded shot by Isimont. Net wide open. And Boyle just snatched it out of the air. Like, get out of here. Yeah, it was <laughs> so hilarious to see the look on Isimont's face. But Boyle wasn't done yet. He had another impressive save on a breakaway from Jared Anderson Dolan to keep the game tied at one goal apiece. But then later in the second period, San Diego would go on another power play. And this one was one that Matt Villalta would want back. Yes, Cal Peterson did not start. It was Matthew Villalta who started. And he probably wants this one back. (laughs) Villalta had the puck behind his own net. And just as he was going to you know, try to get it to the neutral zone. There, (laughs) this one I laughed at. There was Justin Kloos right there during the power play. He snatched it out of the air with his stick and it went in the net to make a 2-0 San Diego. I'm sorry, but Matt Villalta, what the crap are you doing there? Yes, I understand you are trying to clear the puck to the neutral zone and to the other end of the ice because it was a power play for San Diego. Falalta is trying to get it to the other end to try to eat some time. Nope, not a chance. Justin Clouse was right there. This one is all on Volalta. And to be honest, between Volalta's error and Kevin Boyle's miraculous saves, I mean, I'll be honest, San Diego had no business even coming close to winning that game. Ontario, you know, they got a little bit lucky at times, but they were very unlucky. Ontario should have won this game in regulation, but didn't. So I give props to the goals for having great goaltending. But Ontario, they essentially gave, they gifted San Diego a point right there based on that. Uh, Later in the second, Blaine Byron scored with about a minute and change left to tie the game at two. It would stay that way into the third period where not much happened in the third. Uh, First period, it was 13 shots apiece. Ontario had 12 to 7 on shots. San Diego had some pretty high danger shots in the third period, 11-9. Going into overtime, both teams had their chances in this overtime. It was a very fast-moving, very free-flowing overtime. It would begin with Ontario winning the faceoff and a couple of fast shots. Mikey Isimont was, I guess, robbed yet again by Kevin Boyle. Isimont had a great look at the start of overtime, and Boyle saved the day yet again. So we go the other way. Kiefer Sherwood had a shot, and right on the rebound, Chris Weidman, I thought, could have won it there, but he didn't. And eventually, with about 2.07 left in overtime, Carl Grundstrom would squeak one by Kevin Boyle. That would be the game-winning goal. Ontario would win in overtime, 3-2. So at least San Diego got a point in that one. They earned 3 out of 4 points on the weekend against Ontario, as opposed to the rain netting two points over the weekend. Those standing points will become important later on. And then we head into the New Year's Eve game, and the less that can be said about that game, the better. San Diego did come out firing on that first period. Blake Pietela did score first to make it 1-0 goals. 
But after that, it was Michael Bunting not long after that to tie the game up at one goal apiece. And with a minute 56 left, guess what happened yet again? The goals scored yet another shorthanded goal. This one was on a very sweet kind of, you know, corner shot right on the faceoff dot. And it was Justin Kluse that would evade the defense. You know, he stole the puck from about their blue line, crossed neutral ice. Michael Bunting took a big risk trying to poke check and try to steal it away, but he dove for it. He missed. So Justin Kluse had a fairly decent shot, but it hit the top right corner. Perfect spot for that shot. So Justin Kluse would get his sixth of the season, his third shorty of the season. At the time, that gave San Diego a 2-1 lead. Tucson would tie the game only a minute into the second period, making it 2-2 on Blake Spears' first goal of the season. And then Chase DeLeo scored his sixth to make it 3-2 San Diego. Things are looking pretty good. But then midway through the period, Kyle Capobianco scored his fourth of the season. Then Braden Burke off a Chris Weidman cross-checking penalty scored a power play goal to make it 4-3 Tucson, and they didn't look back from there. They added on three more goals in the third before Chase DeLeo got his second of the day, but it was no match. Tucson is far and away the best team in the American Hockey League right now. They beat San Diego 7-4 on New Year's Eve. You know, it was Tucson running away with it towards the very end. San Diego did try to outshoot them, but Tucson put up 46 shots. It was 46 to 34 shots on goal for Tucson. They dominated the majority of this game. They proved once again why they are the best team in the American League. Before we get into a second intermission, there's a trade that I want to talk about very briefly that the goals made. Not the Ducks, the goals. The reason I say this is because it involves fan favorite Chris Mueller. Chris Mueller is back with the Ducks. It was essentially a minor league deal. Uh, Chris Mueller was traded from the Tampa Bay Lightning organization, basically from the Syracuse Crunch, for Pat Seeloff. So Pat Seeloff goes on to Tampa Bay, and Chris Mueller comes back to San Diego. So good for him. I know he was a fan favorite here a few years ago. It'll be good to see him back in a goals uniform later this season. After the intermission, we're going to talk about WJC's Stay Locked In. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That wacky music's playing, that can only mean one thing. It's an update on the World's Junior Championships taking place in the Czech Republic. And it was not a good ending for the United States as they just lost. Yeah, they lost to Finland 1-0 in the quarterfinals, which means Team USA is going home. And that is bad news for the Phenom and the breakout star of the WJC, Trevor Zegras. He ends the tournament in five games with nine points, the nine primary assists. He doesn't get a goal in this tournament, so he'll be heading back to Boston pretty soon. As for the game itself against Finland, it was a close game all the way. Uh, First period, USA was penalty-ridden. They had three three power plays they had to defend against, a double minor on Alex Turcott, and a pretty bad late-hit penalty on Beecher to put the U.S. on their heels for most of the first period. What was astonishing to me 
was Trevor Zegras only played two minutes of ice time in that first period, which baffled a lot of fans as if to say, okay, when you're on regular time, why not put him more out there? You know, is something wrong? It didn't look like anything was wrong. You know, he had a shot in the first period. It was a good shot. He looked fine. He finally got more playing time in the second and third period, but they shifted the lines. There was a lot of line shifting on this game, maybe too much line shifting, because, you know, you have to put Zegris on a line with certain players that had worked previously. In the third period, you've got to put Zegris in that line with Kalyev. It worked so well during the preliminaries, and it just did not work today. However, I cannot pin this all on the U.S. Again, these are kids, but also... Finland is one of the best defensive teams in the tournament. It was going to be tough for the United States to score any goals against Finland, and it showed on their tremendous defense. Excellent goalkeeping, to be honest. Look, Justus Anunen stood on his head for the entire game. He got 30 saves in a tremendous shutout. I thought he should have been player of the game. I understand they gave the player of the game to Odin, which is understandable. He did get the game-winning goal. That's fine. I'm okay with that, I guess. But I'm the kind of person that likes to reward goaltending more than offensive players. I mean, Junis Odin had a very great goal. Christian Tanis had a good assist on that goal. But in the end, it is Finland's one nothing, and thus ends a tournament for Trevor Zegras. On that game, uh, in 20 shifts, he had 17 and a half minutes of time on ice. Looked pretty good for the most part. You know, I had a couple shots on goal. He did look to pass a little bit more than usual in this game. And on the entries, he did look pretty good. But as had been mentioned by other people online, yes, it did look like there was a little bit of hero playing there. By that, I mean players were trying to take it themselves and not look for the passes. When they did look for passes, Finland was right there in the passing lane, stopping every possible assist. Uh... Finland was even double-teaming Zegris for a couple of shifts there. Yeah, Zegris was draped all over in that second, later part of the second and the third period. So Finland knew what was coming. They knew which players to defend more against, and Zegris was one of them. So there was a massive target on him throughout the latter stages of the game. It, it was pretty nasty out there. There was some pretty hard hits. If USA would have advanced, there probably would have been a suspension there. But it's a moot point now. Also, Canada won, so they're going to advance. And as I'm recording this, Czech Republic is playing right now against Sweden. Sweden is the best team in the tournament. I'm just going to be honest. Sweden is probably going to win this thing. And they're going to advance. I'll have a final update on the World Juniors tomorrow. But just a couple of quick takes on that. You know, Alex Turcotte, he had a good game. I thought he played well with Zegers throughout the entire tournament. I thought Kalyev played well with Zegers throughout the entire tournament. That line probably could have stuck together, but didn't. That is a big disappointment to me. And the Zegers line, they were very aggressive on that second period. Very aggressive. Why not play him more in that first period? Why change the lines late? I mean, that that was baffling to me. But I got to give credit to U.S. They played some very good defense for the most part. The only difference was a bar down shot. I mean, it could have gone three inches the other way and it would have been off the post and we'd still be watching the game because it probably would have been 0-0 at the end of regulation. So it really is a matter of 
puck luck sometimes. It's a matter of when the shot's going. It's a matter of defense, too. And I have to commend the U.S. team for playing a very good defensive game. Only allowing one goal to the Mighty Finns. That is great. However, same result as last year. The Finns best the U.S. once again by a goal. Last year, it was in the gold medal game. This year, it is in the quarterfinals. And both instances, it was a third period goal that would do Team USA in. So once again, they are out. Unfortunately, we're not going to have any more updates on Trevor Zegras for now. Obviously, he's going to go back to BU, finish off that season. And we'll talk more about Trevor Zegras as the season goes on. For what it's worth, Trevor Zegras was named one of the three best U.S. players in the WJC on the tournament. Uh, He was given a watch at the end of the game, which I thought was pretty cool. Nice to see Zegras applauded after the game. He is the breakout, one of the breakout stars of the tournament. So it is a bright spot for Ducks fans to look forward to once Zegris does eventually come over to the Ducks organization. So if nothing else, that is something to look forward to. And it's a bright future for this kid. As long as he keeps going in this path that he's going on, I think he'll do great in the Ducks organization for years to come. With that, I think it's a nice place to wrap it up. Uh, You can download today's podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, and you could follow me personally at StimpyJD. And if you follow those Twitter accounts, there's going to be hockey, plenty of hockey. I also want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you all for joining me on to the new year. Tell all your friends about it. Be sure to subscribe if you have not already. And tell your Ducks fans, they might be interested in hearing some daily thoughts on the Ducks. And tell your goals friends, your San Diego friends, because they might like to hear a weekly update on their San Diego goals. We have special guests come on every once in a while. So be sure to tell those Ducks and goals fans that you know to check out Locked on Ducks and be sure to subscribe. If you want to chat hockey with me, you can hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Welcome to 2020. I'll see you at the rink and stay cool, San Diego.